Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute, that's me. I guess that means we're on the air, you and I, my listening friend, and Boy, are we going to have a great time today because uh, we're going to fill you up with some stuff that you may have known on the fringes, but we're going to allow you to know more deeply about it because I have a man who has a love for the Lord and a love for God's kids, and he has a purpose in in communicating with people about what, what God's one new man in Messiah looks like, sounds like, and is like. And I think one of the things you're going to discover is when you look in the mirror, you are one of them. I want you to meet Rabbi or Pastor Bob Wolf. He is a guy who really deals and studies patterns of humanity, uh, and he he has some great insights on stuff. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a teacher. Fill in the blank. He does all these things, but also he has kind of a, I got to tell you, I got to warn you before he comes on and talks, he has kind of a a funky sense of humor like me, so this could be a very long two hours or a very brief two hours. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pastor or rabbi, Bob Wolf. Hey, Bob. God bless you, Kaz. Thank you. Thank you so much. We've got a lot of stuff to say, but we also have some things upon which to focus to begin the show, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, uh, why, why don't you just give a 30-second elevator speech, and then we will come back, and then we will inter- introduce a prayer request for, uh, to other people, and then we'll just jump on in to the topic of one new man and uh, the enemy's deception and all these other juicy things. A 30-second what? Repeat that request? A 30-second elevator speech. You know those. Elevator speech. I love it. Okay, well, gee, many Christmas. Avinu Melkenu, our Father and our King, you are the Lord of all creation, and you are the one who is the lifter of our heads. So if we're going to speak about elevators, Father God, we're going to speak <laughs> about you. So, Father, take us to heaven and give us your words of wisdom, Father, for uh, a world that is looking to you for direction in Yeshua's name. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we're going to have a fun time talking about uh, one new man, God's great heart cry. One New Man in Messiah, and we're going to talk about deception and things like that. But I was introduced to you by a man named Earl Clampett, Earl and Vilma Clampett. Uh, they're intimate part of Come Together San Diego and have been for years and years, in fact, since the inception. So he's been on the air with me. He and Vilma have been on the air with me, uh, and they love talking about One New Man as well, as you know. But they also have been prayer warriors behind the scenes. And we have been praying, have we not, uh, Bob, for them, uh, and why have we been praying specifically this round? Well, um, the two of them have got this nasty bug that's been going around that starts with a C. I don't even want to end, say the word, okay? Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're in a battle, and uh, they're winning, and they anticipate winning and stepping out healthy, wealthy, and wise. And um, so I just want to lift up Earl and Bill. I figure they're probably listening right now. Yes. God bless you, too. I'm here because of the work that uh, he's allowed these two to perform. And, uh, and so we were introduced by Joel Lieberman a couple years ago, and he said, we sat down at a table together, you guys ought to meet each other. And Joel was right. <laughs> and Earl and I have had a delightful time together. We are like two kids roaring with laughter over most of our phone calls because 
we have very similar sense of humor, and uh, we have a great time fellowship. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to we're going to be praying for them throughout the show. It's Vilma and Earl Clampett. Earl Clampett uh, is a retired justice of the peace or judge, uh, and uh, he knows things from the inside out, from actually the heart of things. So he's uh, also the lead pastor and leader of Simple Truth Ministries, and you can check that out as well. So would you offer up another brief prayer on behalf of Earl and Vilma, and then we will begin the other part of the show. Actually, we've begun the show, if you realize that, my friend. Part of the show is to stir people to pray on behalf of needy, necessary things, and this is certainly one of them. That's right. So we join with the intercessors that are out there that understand the power of prayer, and we lift Earl and Vilma to you, Father God, and we ask that our prayers be carried in that golden bowl of incense as the saints set it before your throne, Lord, and uh, and the angelic hosts pour out their spirit uh, upon you, Father God, by by means of you sending your spirit through their host, through us, Father God, that we would touch each other and that we would be healed. That is what you've called us to do, Father God, and we do that in obedience to you and in faith that the word of healing goes forth and accomplishes everything that you want it to. Yes. And we thank you for their full restoration in Yeshua's name. Amen. Yes. And when we take, we're praying this prayer, we're also praying it for you, my friend, and any people that you know that have this challenge as well. It's time for God to reach out, hear the prayers of his saints, and come alongside and show miracles. This is a miracle-working God, and it's we need to be able to see this in real time right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I'm looking at kind of your bio here, and it's very interesting. And we've got five or six minutes in this segment, and it talks about the, your intimacy with both the Jewish and Gentile backgrounds. And because of that, you've had an interesting point of view on things. Why don't you give us uh, kind of a brief overview on that so that we can set the stage for good stuff throughout the entire two hours of Come Together San Diego. Yeah, well, I've had an interesting walk. I was raised in a Jewish family with a a spirit-filled, believing woman who was—she never liked to be called Nanny, but she was the one who took care of us. Her name was Amanda Matilda Irene Lenny Floyd (laughs) Turner. We called her the boss, all right? And Amanda was maybe the most remarkable person in terms of moving in the spirit that I've ever met in my life. I've been walking with the Lord for decades now. But Amanda could read people's mail like nobody I have ever seen. And uh, and it was interesting when I wanted to know about somebody, you know, I'd say, man, I want you to meet somebody. And she'd look and say, now, Bob, don't let that person sit down in front of me. I don't want that person to sit down in front of me. So then I'd sit them down in front of Amanda, and then later on in the day or the next day, so what would you think about that person? Well, Bob, you know, they're this, 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 and that, you know. And she was scary. How accurate <laughs> she was. She was scary. Well. Um, and so, God, God has yeah. many people have this discerning spirit, and it's a good idea yeah. to be pals with them because they can <laughs> keep you out of uh, deep and hot water. Yeah, I have scars from when I didn't <laughs> listen to her, or when, when when I would disagree with her, and you know, and that sort of yield. She just turns and say, "Okay, Bob, you go on then." Oh my, my, my! And kind of it's kind of like the Lord. It's kind of like the Lord does too. You know, yeah. he said, you know. I, I, here's what I think, Lord, and he goes, here's what I've been telling you, and you go, but here's what I think, Lord, and he goes, okay, go ahead, and because yeah. he knows you're going to have to suffer the scars, but those scars can be bragging rights down the road. Or even worse, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> you know, they just like gulp. <laughs> oh, my, my, yeah, my. I already told you what I think, Bob. I don't need to repeat myself. So, Pastor Bob, you're not a guest on this show. You're a co-host, and we have about two, or two, two and a half minutes left in this first segment here. How else would you like to 
use this to set the stage for well, things. I to just come. want to have people understand a little bit about what I've gone through <laughs> sure. uh, in terms of my sort of walk to get here. Uh, this is not a badge of honor. This is just the trail that the Lord's put me on because I started out Jewish, very liberal family in Chicago. We were so liberal, we went to temple on Sunday mornings, not Saturdays, Sundays, mm-hmm. uh, because we didn't want to miss all the fun on Saturday. So our family <laughs> and others just shifted a day so that we could fit in with the rest of the people around us. I didn't really come to faith until after I come out to Los Angeles. I was managing a rock and roll band. And uh, that was an interesting phenomenon. And I come out here to L.A. This is sort of how the Lord got me out here. And um, through a series of rather remarkable events where the Lord really got my attention, uh, I was drawn into a group of people that were at uh, the Church of Christ. And I was baptized in the Pacific Ocean. And uh, because I had some difficulty with their teaching, this was not the traditional Church of Christ, This was sort of an offshoot that came out of Boston, and I didn't really agree with what they were doing. I was sent over to the Church on the Way, where I... uh, As in Jack Hayford? Yeah, under under (laughs) Jack Hayford. And for the next seven years, every time that door came open, I was there. I didn't care what time of day or night it was. I just couldn't get enough of it. Yes. And um, then went out to a church plant under Foursquare and Lakeview Terrace, Went to seminary. The first year I went to the Oral Roberts Extension at the Church on the Way, and then they closed because they were going to start their own uh, seminary, which is called King's. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, They have now moved their headquarters to Dallas. But because they closed, I went over to Fuller to finish mm-hmm. my, uh, my education and to get my master's in theology. Studied under a brilliant man named Art Glasser, who was the dean emeritus of their School of World Mission and had a great heart for the Jews. And that's what started me writing. And uh, we'll get back to that uh, later on in the show, probably. Yes, and we have so much to uh, talk about, some of the books and inspirations that God has given you. Go ahead. We've got about a minute left. Okay. From there, um, I uh, uh, met a young lady who is now my wife, and uh, we got married, and I started attending the church that she went to, which was a vineyard church in Malibu. The pastor met me, asked me to be on staff, which is what I did. So I got married, moved to Malibu, got three kids, and took a job with uh, Vineyard. And uh, all of it happened in 60 days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. And, uh, and then from there went to Assemblies of God, and then from Assemblies of God to the Presbyterian Church, and from Presbyterian Church, I'm now in an Anglican church. Oh and I go to all kinds of Messianic congregations, so I am a spiritual mutt. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you've gleaned properly God's best from each one of those expressions, you have a, quite a dimension uh, that we're going to dis- discover as we go through this show. My listening friend, here's what God is doing, and I've got to get into a break here. Uh, with my co-host, Pastor Rabbi Bob Wolf. God takes people and he puts them in different environments so that you can expand your understanding of, of his character. And then there are times like we're in right now, he's going to be calling on you to apply those uh, to God's goodness and glory. So Pastor Bob Wolf and I are going to talk more about this because you're going to have to listen closely because the things he's sharing really have everything to do with you and me as we join together as this one new man in Messiah takes form. So Pastor Bob Wolf and I will be right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. <laughs> Having a good time, and I hope you are, too, as you're listening Wherever you are, inside San Diego County or outside San Diego County, listening uh, on the Internet or listening on the radio, AM 1210, FM 106.1, or com on your smartphone or smart device. And that, if you have a smartphone or smart device, you can be listening from any place in the world that has uh, us, the, the, allows the use of smart devices. So I don't know where you're listening from, but we welcome you, and it's going to be a powerful show. It's already begun. So Pastor Bob Wolf, or Rabbi Bob Wolf, is with me as my co-host. And, you know, the Bible talks about God giving you a brand new name written on a white stone that only he and you know. And when we were talking, when Bob and I were talking about the content of the show, I said, what do I call you? Do I call you Rabbi or call you Bob? He goes, call me whatever you want, but I have a suspicion that calling him spiritual mutt, as he described himself, <laughs> would not be appropriate. So, Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf, <laughs> look out, I'm sneaking around and getting you from behind here. So There you go. I just don't want to growl at you, that's all. <laughs> so, we have a lot of things to discuss, even things that deal with the Ten Commandments and things like that. So, where would you like to take this segment? Let's start there. Let's okay, start let's there. go. Because uh, I'm this, a one new man guy. Yeah, okay? and, but, and, and but different people have different too. things when you say yeah. the word Ten Commandments. Different people, uh, Judeo-Christian people, have different pre- precepts about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us yours, because that's going to help us uh, comprehend uh, a different point of view. Well, it's it's one that I've adopted from uh, looking at Jewish tradition. Um, if you go back to the complete Jewish Bible, which was translated by David H. Stern, um, and you go to Exodus chapter 20, where we have what's called the Ten Commandments, um, they're listed there. And in the complete Jewish Bible, you actually have the Hebrew letters, because they didn't use numbers to count in Hebrew. They would use Aleph, Bet, Gimel as one, two, three. Okay? Yes. And as you go down the left-hand side of the margin, there are, there are the, the Hebrew symbols of showing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? What's interesting is, is that the second one... Bait, okay, starts with, you are to have no other gods before me. You are not to make for yourself a carved image of any kind of representation of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below, etc. Okay? As I said, that is the second commandment. Now, you are to have no other gods before me is in most Protestant uh, uh, and even Catholic traditions is the first commandment. And then the second commandment is, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Where in the Hebrew tradition, those are both one and the same idea. The first commandment is the identity of God. First commandment, Aleph, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Talk about a dramatic shift in terms of commandments. What we're realizing is the first commandment has to do with God's identity and That statement about, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, is repeated dozens of times in the first five books in the Torah, Pentateuch. Okay? So this is God's identity. This is not a God of wrath. This is a God who sets people in bondage 
free. He is the freedom-giving God, and that is the fundamental identity of God. And and it's out of that we start getting over this idea of that the Old Testament, or what I like to call the First Testament God, was in fact somebody who had our best interests and wanted us to be free, as opposed to somebody who sat there with a large club in his hand, just waiting for us to do something wrong so he could wallop us. Mm, My, my, my. You know, my listening friend, and Bob, you know this, we, uh, we're on July 10th, and uh, this is a time frame where Moses came down from the mountain. This is the time frame where Moses came down from the mountain, and he delivered those Ten Commandments. And what happened? You know, you shall have no other gods before me. All of a sudden, that he, we were breaking Ten Commandments before he got to the base of the mountain. Um, we, I'm talking about the, the Hebrews, but I feel in very many ways that we Gentiles are among them as well. But worshiping things that are not God. This is the time frame right now for us to talk about this now is more than apropos. It's God's timing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what you want me to add to it. I, I think that it is, when, when we're dealing with our own identity, which is one of the reasons that I think the Lord teaches us about the one new man, it's why he separated Israel out in the First Testament, and then brought the Gentiles in in the New Testament, that there is a balance that God is creating in terms of relationship and how relationships work. And if we don't have an understanding of ourselves, then we start looking into all kinds of different avenues as to where we find our identity. And when you have something like social media, which basically allows every person on the planet to create their own identity and to put it out there in such a way as to the, to tell the world, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is my gender. This is my vocation. This is what I look like. All types of things. And the world doesn't even know whether or not the things that we're saying are accurate or true. And we justify it further by saying, well, it's relativism anyway, so I don't have to tell the truth because everything's relative and it's all shifting and therefore, what the truth is today doesn't have to be what the truth is tomorrow. My. And it creates complete chaos. And so what this does is it yanks us back to the beginning, and it says, I'll tell you, if you want to talk about identity, let's start with who God is. Mm. Okay? And the nature of God is a freedom-giving and a loving God. He is so magnificent. What he has done is so awesome that the idea that there could be anything out there in the universe that's superior to him is absurd, and he has laid it out. I mean, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse, and then he tells us, choose life. In other words, it's not just that he's given us the both choices. He's saying, by the way, there is a proper choice, and I'll tell you what it is, because there's a whole lot of people out there that are glorifying death these days. Oh, my. The, the whole skull culture and so on, I'm going, you know, skulls have become a, a form of, of fashion. Mm-hmm. Going, okay, I don't know where that came from, but what we've done is we've glorified our enemy. My, my, my. Boy, oh boy, you know, I, when you were ta- going to talk about the Ten Commandments, I go, well, we're, he's going to start with, with Old Testament facts and g- move into New Testament applications. But it's easy when you understand the heart of God, how the the Ten Commandments are as pertinent today as they were back then, and we are violating them 
uh, today as much as they were violated back then, but we have an opportunity through Holy Spirit and Jesus to reconcile these things and be empowered as a result of that. We've got about two, two, two minutes or so left in this segment. How would you like to carry on with this? Well, I would go to the idea of when Yeshua is identified as the Word that became flesh mm. and dwelled among us. When he walked, there was no New Testament written. There was no testimony of who he was that was written down. So if he is the Word, which part of the Word would he have been referred to? The Word that became flesh was the first testament. Oh, the New my. Testament was the story of the, of the Old Testament, or the First Testament, that became flesh. Wow. Say that again, because this is, this is a revelation. This is a revelation. When, when the Bible talks about Jesus uh, is the Word made flesh, who, who, what was the Word back th- in, in the, the days that that was Tanakh. written? It, yeah, it was probably, for most people, Torah. But if they <laughs> believed in, not just in the first five, but if they also believed in the prophets— the major and the minor prophets and the Psalms and so on, then they would have called it Tanakh, which would have been the entire Hebrew Scriptures. And I believe that's what we're referring to. So the Word was the entire Hebrew Scriptures. Jesus was the entire Hebrew Scriptures walking among us. Yes, yes, yes. He's he's the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms. That's right. All as one. We're going to be... You can't discount the Old Testament. No. Because if you discount them, you're discounting... The word that became flesh. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I have to admit, I've never heard it in that context before. And that changes the whole mentality about the Old Testament is past tense and the New Testament is now. Oh, yeah, well, the word became flesh. And the word at that time was the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, and all these different things. So you need to rethink your uh, restraint against the Old Testament because the Old Testament and the New Testament are the Now Testament. We're going to talk more about this. I, I have a suspicion that I've kind of lit, lit the fuse for uh, Pastor <laughs> Rabbi Bob Wolf, and he's about ready to explode with new and different revelations. So while, he's, while, while the fuse is getting down there to the explosive, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to bang, I mean, come right back. <laughs> You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on Praise. Come Together San Diego's Kaz Taylor here, introducing my brand new book entitled One Church for a One World. But beware, there's a world of difference between having one church for a one O-N-E world versus having one church for a W-O-N world. The first suggests a collective church comprised of all religions supporting a one-world government, but my book equips you to be part of the one church spoken of in Scripture with many tribes, kindreds, and tongues, but with a singular and devout faith in the true Messiah, the Lord Yeshua Jesus himself. This oneness will result in evangelism, repentance, and salvation worldwide. The earth has entered into a turbulent time. But as you read One Church for a One World, be prepared to transform from a spectator to an anointed and empowered warrior for God. Go to Amazon.com and find One Church for a One W-O-N World by Kaz Taylor. Choice. Is it really hers? 74% of women who did not keep their pregnancies say they felt pressured to make that decision. This pressure can come from relationships like partners and parents 
or from economic stress or health concerns, including prenatal diagnosis. At Save the Storks, we want to alleviate the pressure and ensure that women are informed on all her pregnancy options. There is a wealth of resources and support for every woman, no matter her situation. Sadly, 79% of women who did not keep their pregnancy say they were never told of the resources available to them if they chose life. Save the Storks is helping those facing unplanned pregnancies gain access to education and the true empowerment they need to make their own choice. We want to help women confidently choose life because they are not alone. Join the movement and learn how you can make a difference today at savethestorks.com slash life. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the California Army National Guard. Aired by the California Broadcasters Association and this station. By now, you've all heard Mike Lindell talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed people's lives. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. And they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen-size premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code San Diego. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-310-2458 and use promo code San Diego. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Hello, my friends. Well, it looks like we're back. There was a little snafu there. Sometimes electronics uh, tries to trick you. And sometimes the enemy tries to trick you as well, but we are not ignorant of those devices. So what I do when these kind of things happen, um, Thomas, my engineer, points the finger. He goes, take it. And I go, oh, okay. And here we are. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego, my friends. My co-host for this entire show is Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf. And we're talking about some remarkable things. We left with a, a a uh, prov- uh, provocative thought, and that is when the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the Word in those days was primarily the Old Testament. And so if you have a, a disregard for the Old Testament uh, and and prefer the New Testament, 
and you disregard the the Old Testament, you need to be aware that the word that became flesh back in those days was primarily the Old Testament scripture. So Jesus is a representation of the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. So that was a provocative thought that uh, Rabbi Bob Wolf left us with, and I'm going to hand the baton back to him because Bob and my wife says, Kaz, you're talking too much. She always tells me that. So I want to be very delicate in this. I have one of those at home, too. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things we need to be aware of is that God is a God of love and compassion. And those of us who just love studying the Word of God, which is good, if we disregard the actual character of God, we're missing a big portion of what we need to understand in these last days. It's the the character of God that will lead us to the Word of God in many ways. And so you can't hardly even know that he's a freedom-giving God unless you understand his character and the Word. I'm going to let you extrapolate on that. Well, God, we talk about something called progressive revelation, and that is is that God reveals a little bit more of himself through time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so way at the beginning, you know, when, when you're dealing with Abraham, when you're dealing with Moses, when you're dealing with Noah, you, you deal with these, these different figures in time, and you see how God is revealing a part of his nature to humanity. Well, you have a 400-year period where God, so to speak, doesn't really show up. And then all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. You had also had a 400-year period where uh, Israel was in Egypt, and then God shows up. So there's a parallel between the First Testament and, Ooh, and the New Testament. And, so and good. I even say, if you, if you think of it, you know, I call it the First Testament. It is not old. If Jesus is the Word that became flesh, and if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, okay, then that means that the Word of God is as fresh today, whether you're studying the First Testament or the New Testament. Now, there is a progressive revelation that God has in it, and so he's showing us a little bit more of himself. There was a quantum leap when God not only told us that he was the freedom-giving God, and and exemplified it by getting Israel out of Egypt and all these other people. And by the way, this is attached to what slavery is, okay? Because God is the one who gets us out of Egypt, out of the house of what? Out of the house of bondage, Mm. out of slavery. God intervenes whenever there is someone who wants to end slavery. You're going to get all of God. You're going to get everything he's got because it's his nature to end slavery. It's his identity as the one who sets us free. So if you're involved with ending human trafficking, if you're involved with a ministry like that, if you're involved with getting people out of some type of enslavement, it could be a drug problem, whatever it may be. When you're helping to set people free, you are literally doing God's work firsthand. And, And the best example of it, was when Jesus or Yeshua comes. This is like, you want to know what it looks like when someone's there to set you free, and how is that demonstrated? Well, how about if we just start healing people? Mm. Which people? Every kind of person. It makes no <laughs> difference what your problem is. Take him to Jesus. He's going to fix it. You mean it doesn't matter what the problem? That's what I said. It doesn't matter. God's there for every single ailment, because all those things enslave us. My. 
My, my, my. Let me, let me ask you, uh, as a man who is also very aware of what's going on in the, in the world these days, do you believe in your heart of hearts that that level of healing and God's freedom and giving of freedom is going to be magnified in these days more than even imaginable so that he can show forth his glory? Not with what we, we're looking back in the Old Testament and going, okay, God, show off. And he's saying, okay, child of God, show off. <laughs> so a lot of this may just be upon us to be obedient to his character and his word. Yeah, I mean, there are different theologies about whether God continues to heal the way now that he did before. If God is the same, okay, and if that's what Scripture tells us, that he's the same, then we have to start dealing with how do we deal with this timeline, with this progressive revelation. Is God showing us more visibility to heal now than he did before? You know, I don't know that I have an easy answer for you, because first of all, I come from, as you've heard, a lot of charismatic background. I've seen and experienced all kinds of healing, seen people miraculously go through all types of things, and I'm, I'm astounded. And I expect God to continue to do that, and I hope he does magnify that and do it on a greater level. Yes. But part of the challenge that we deal with is, is that we're trying to outguess God in terms of what <laughs> it is that he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And yet... I ask you, can you find any two ways that God healed somebody the same way in Scripture? Mm, well said, well said. He's always going to do it new. I mean, he's, he's the God of Christmas. He, he comes wrapped in, in a package with a ribbon around him, so you don't know what's inside. He's a God of surprises. My. He loves to show us his other dimension of who he is and how he does things that's outside of our realm of being able to consider it because he's expanding our revelation of who he is. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question as a man who is tied to behavioral sciences and a studier of patterns of humanity. This is you. I'm going to ask you this question. So uh, what's the danger in us using, you know, standard operating procedure for better term of uh, than that but our standard operating procedure in expecting the way that god has healed uh based on our limited understanding of him is it dangerous to presume that he's going to do it exactly the same way next time and what's the danger in uh not giving god the freedom to be the fullness of who he is in our relationship with him and others well it's always dangerous to limit god (laughs) i mean let's just start with let's sort of bottom line okay It's like, and because I think of because of the nature of God, that's what I'm saying. He loves to surprise us. It's like, why do you want to say, I only want this one thing for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to surprise me with anything that I'm not expecting. Okay? I mean, I mean, I I was, when I was a kid and I saw the the gifts underneath the tree and in our household, by the way, in my Jewish household, we had a Christmas tree. We had presents underneath the tree. Remember, I told you, we didn't want to miss any of the holidays, okay? (laughs) Um, You know, so, you know, I, 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 I saw the gifts. They were wrapped, you know, and I went, I wonder what's inside. There's nothing more exciting than knowing that you're going to get a gift and not knowing what it is. Hmm. So it's like, I'm going... That's how God designed us. There's a reason why he limited our perception so that we could be, life would be this discovery process. Mm. Oh, my. We've got about a minute here. How do you want to close this? you want to pray over our listeners, or do you want to make a, a poignant sure 
poignant statement yeah. that we deal with in the future. Segments. You sure do. I say, Father God, you reveal yourself to us, and you just manifest your glory in so many miraculous ways. It's not just in nature and in creation, but it's also in doing new things, unexpected things, divine encounters, um, finding things that you don't expect, discovering colors and places and and seeing the dolphin jump out of the water or the hummingbird, you know, <laughs> by the flower or whatever it is, and, and that we're always awestruck when we see the color and the mystery and the beauty of your creation, Father God. And we know, Lord, that you're behind these things. And so we just we praise you and glorify you for being the God of creation. Yes, yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My listening friend, uh, I'm thrilled to have Pastor Rabbi Bob Wolf with us. He's giving us some different nuances of Scripture that we thought we knew and of a God whom we thought we had relationship with. And he's telling us that the best is yet to come. If we presume that we know the whole picture, we're missing the mark. And that is good news for us, especially in these most challenging times that we face right now. God's got solutions that we hadn't even considered. We're going to talk more about these things when Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K Praise. And welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego. It's a two hour show. We're getting close to the last segment. In fact, we're in the last segment of the first hour. And I think uh, my co host, Pastor Rabbi Bob Wolf has set the stage very nicely to uh, talk about other things where we want to go and uh, uh, reach uh, some summary conclusions as well in this upcoming last segment. We we told you at the beginning of the show we wanted to talk about this one new man strategy that God has working on his kids, both uh, Jew and Gentile. And Bob, I need to compliment you because you really did a good job of kind of giving us an idea. It's not the Old Testament from your perspective. It's the First Testament and the New Testament adjoined together. That changes the language from old stuff and current day stuff to both being part of the now stuff. So I'm going to hand it to you as you, as you may want to talk about Romans 11 or, where, 11 or wherever you want to go with this, yeah. Pastor Rabbi. As, and as I say, this is progressive. God is always revealing a little bit more about who he is. Um, and it's not always even a little bit, because Jesus was obviously not a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the master stroke of genius, okay? So um, what, what God did is, is he basically set Israel aside in the First Testament. It was not, Israel was not chosen because of their superiority. Mm. Yes, they had this tradition of believing in one God, and they believed that he was spirit. Okay? That was unusual in that time. But this was not done as a reward for Israel. This was done to exemplify who Israel was as a nation. God does not love one nation more than another nation, but he does make covenant with Israel, which he did not do with other nations, okay? Why does he do that? Because he wants to demonstrate Mm. who he is and how he does things. 
And so, especially when you get to like Deuteronomy 28, and you go through the list of what God will do if you want to follow him, how he wants to bless you, and the list of the way that he wants to bless you is overwhelming. I want to bless you here. I want to bless you there. I want to bless you with every way that I can bless you if you follow me. On the other hand, you don't do things the way that I'd like you to do them. It's not going to go well for you. And yes. Israel is the model of that yes. in the First Testament. But, and you see the blessings, and then you see what happens when they don't follow God. Yes, but here's, the problem is that when a lot of people study the Old Testament, they go, see how what a mean, uh, angry God is. You have to understand the character of God and the Word of God. The character of God is he's a loving God, and what's he going to do to straighten this up? You know, he, you know, these things are meant, you talk about you have many scars, Rabbi Bob, and I do too, spiritual scars, but those scars have made me stronger and more prepared for the things I'm about ready to face. And we see how God shows up in the middle of our consternation, whatever it is that's driving us crazy. <laughs> so the right. book of Judges is the, the great example of Israel, um, you know, falling away, messing things up, making it so that there's just no way to get out of this thing, and then God sends a judge. Mm-hmm. Now, the judge was, was there to set them free. The judge was not there to point his finger at them and say, ah, 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 no. now you're in trouble. Well said. You know? Well said. You know, this was, he sent someone in to get Israel out of trouble. <laughs> and every 40 years, the cycle goes. And so then they're out of trouble. God, we love you. We'll never mess up again. We're so grateful for you. We can't thank you enough. Oh, please, God, you know, we're, we're going to walk straight from here. You get another 40 years in there in the, a mess again, okay? And God gets them out of, you know, sends a judge, gets them out of trouble, and the whole thing, the whole cycle starts all over again. Yes, and we haven't changed too much since then, except we have Holy Spirit generation, <laughs> Every generation learns the same thing. Every generation learns the same thing. The lessons haven't changed. This is what happens when you do it God's way. This is what happens when you don't. And our generation learn, learns it, and the next generation will learn it, and the one after that. My, my, my. So tie all this together with the one new man. See, it, sometimes we have a tendency in the New Testament to go, those guys, and then we guys are the important guys now. But when you see it from God's compassion and understanding, well, he wants to blend the first Testament and the New Testament people together, and the results of that is a one new man beyond imagination. Yeah. So this is, if you if we look at the First Testament of God separating Israel, saying, okay, here's my model, I'll put them underneath a magnifying glass so everybody can see who Israel is, how they operate, and how God responds to what Israel is doing. And so we, we have the model set. Then we have the, the entry of the, the Messiah. Now, basically, God's saying, okay, I'm going to put this veil, and that's the word that's used in Scripture. There's a veil that's placed over Israel, so that now we can say, okay, Israel, look, I've been working with you for a couple thousand years here. <laughs> I think you got it sort of figured out as to who I am and how it's supposed to work. Now I'm going to work with the next one. Okay, this is sort of that picture of the prodigal son with the older brother and the yes. younger brother. Okay? And so now uh, God is doing what it is that he did with Israel, and he's revealing himself to the Gentiles. Unfortunately, the Gentiles, by the time you reach the 
the Council of Nicaea, which is in 326 A.D., there is no longer one Jewish leader left in the church. Yes, the church started exclusively uh, Jewish, even to the point where in Acts 15, the Jewish leadership has to cope with the fact that Peter has uh, encountered Cornelius, and when he tells Cornelius about Yeshua, the Holy Spirit comes, and it's like, wait a second, this is not an exclusively Jewish club. <laughs> Love it. Okay, and now the, the, the council, the Jerusalem council, is actually saying, wait a second, how do we do this? So the, the Jerusalem council, in the most gracious way possible, says, look, there's a couple, three things here that we don't want you to do. But first and foremost, you don't have to worry about being circumcised. And secondly, you can, you can maintain your Gentile identity. You do not have to become a Jew in order to accept Yeshua. Well, what an amazingly open and, and freeing way to accept the other people in the world. And yet, within a few hundred years, all of that Jewish leadership has been wiped clean. By the time another couple of years come along, there are decrees that the Church is saying that you need to renounce and denounce anything and everything that's Jewish in your life or the people who you associate with in order to receive the Jewish Messiah, which is not the language that's used. That's my, yes, yes, it, yes. That's my inference in there, okay? In order to receive the Messiah. And so the, the beginning of this idea of replacement theology basically happens when the Church decides that they want to be the new Israel. Mm -hmm. Now remember, God only made covenant with one nation. God never breaks his covenant. Okay? So that means that what the church is basically saying is, is that we are the nation that you made your covenant with. Okay, now we can get into defining who Israel is. I'm not going to go down that road. We can do that. But Israel is not just a nation. And it's not just people of faith. It's also a community. So it's both a physical and geographical thing, but it is a community. And it is a spiritual group that gets their identity from who they are with God. So you have the church, if you will, commandeering the leadership. And I remember going to a Christians United for Israel conference, and one of my very close friends who was a pastor said, so Bob, when are the Messianic uh, Jews going to come in and join the rest of the church and do what we're doing? And I said to him something that I know was not my thought. It, it came to me. It wasn't even until after I said it that I realized how profound it was. I said, look at we're just trying to worship God the way that the Jews did, the way that Jesus did. And I went, oh my goodness gracious. The Messianic community is Jewish. They're worshiping God the way that Jesus did. Yes. And here is the rest of the church saying, no, 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 no. You can't do that Jewish thing. You have to be like us. Well, Jesus worshiped God as a Jew. Mm-hmm. Yes. And never stop worshiping God as a Jew. And if we want to be like Christ, which is a scriptural principle, then we need to recognize that the Jewish roots of our faith are not to be discarded or diminished, but that they are something that is there. And some of these, these feasts are there for, forever. Yes. And they're not called the Jewish feasts. No. These are called God's the feasts feast of the Lord. Yes, yes, That's yes. Right. 
Well, we, we've got coming up against a, a break here, Pastor yeah. Bob Wolf, and uh, you've set the you've set the stage for a remarkable second hour as well, my listening friend. So, uh, Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf has really set the stage for the way we have a tendency to look at the Old Testament when it really is the First Testament, and we need to have more of a uh, perspective as Jesus has in the way you worship God, Father, the, the Lord, God, God, the Father of Jesus even. We have to have a different perspective on how we do that, uh, and that will uh, afford an introduction to God's strategy for bringing together Jew and Gentile as one new man. You've done a brilliant job Rabbi Bob, and setting the stage for this. We're going to continue this and be more specific on how this is and what it looks like with you, my listening friend, in your life and times as well. When Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Time to get off your couch and back to church. I'll tell the world. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego. Every week we try to have a different uh, co-host with me to give you insights of biblical proportions, of biblical insights that maybe you hadn't considered before. The purpose is to well-round you in the faith. That's uh, one of the purposes of Come Together San Diego. So we, as we are well-rounded, then we are more easily coming together one with another, which brings us to the topic that we're talking about today, One New Man in Messiah and uh, Pastor Rabbi Bob Wolf has been with us for the first hour, setting the stage for this. He's a remarkable man. He really uh, has a heart cry for things dealing with um, uh, the mentality of people, the humanity of people, and he has spent a long time dealing with these kind of things. He studies patterns of humanity. He's a behavioral scientist of sorts. And so he has some great insights here, but he is also a man who embraces Judaism and Christianity. Put those together, and you have a remarkable guy, and this is the man with whom we are co-hosting. How's that for a setup? That's great. Thank That's you, why we have bagel theology. <laughs> and that, you and I had discussed this before we went on the air, and I say, this, you know, this is, has some possibilities here, because I, I kind of like bagels. I kind of like the the stuff that goes on top of the bagels. So kind of <laughs> give us that analogy and uh, bring it uh, into the spiritual implication and application. And maybe only Bob Wolf can do this. <laughs> well, I mean, as a Jewish kid from Chicago, you got to come up with something that I can use in terms of my Jewish tradition to describe who and what the one new man is. Yes. When you get to Ephesians 2 and you get to the one new man, it's clear that he's describes that you've got Jews and you've got Gentiles. And then, and you were referring before to Romans 11, yes. you know? And if you look at the tree, you have branches that were broken off, so those are Jewish people that somehow have moved away from God, and they're grafted in. And then you have wild branches that weren't originally part of that tree. They're also grafted in. So the one new man is, is a dual grafting, both of Jew and Gentile. 
It's a, there, there have always been a remnant, they say, of Jewish people that have believed that Jesus is the Messiah, and I expect that's true. But for the great, the grand majority of people that are all over the world in this diaspora, in all the different places that the Lord has spread the Jews, um, to come back to Jesus is quite a leap. Mm-hmm. It's like because they have been rejected in so many different ways, and people being people, we have been rejected. We are very hesitant to go back and accept the people that initially rejected us, yes. even if they come with forgiveness. It, it really does take the Holy Spirit. So as I have prayed and thought about uh, how is it that the Jews and Gentiles get together, I think the Lord gave me this image one day of um, a bagel. You slice it in half, and you toast each half. On one half, on your Jewish half, you put on your cream cheese. Why cream cheese? <laughs> because God brought Israel out to the land of milk and honey, oh, right? Well so there's well your done. cream cheese side, okay? And then what's on the other side? Wow. Well, you put on locks. Why do you put on locks? Because the, Jesus said, I will teach you to be fishers Fisher. of men. And the locks are the fish. and, and the, There you go. Nice. That's the smoked fish, okay? <laughs> so you, eat, you take a bite out of the cream cheese side. It's just delicious. It tastes great, okay? You take a bite out of the lock side. Just delicious. It tastes great. So each of them individually, your Jew and your Gentile, if you will, or the Jews or Israel and the nations, they're both great. But when you put those two halves of the bagel together, mm. and the cream cheese and the locks are now <laughs> come together as one, then you really have one new man. Now you've got a good reason. Let's bring in the capers, let's bring in the tomatoes, let's bring in the onion, whatever else it is you want to do to embellish it, all right? But the point of it is, is that the one new man is what happens in the harmony of Jew and Gentile. My. And, and if you look at even just what music is, you take two different notes, and when they are played simultaneously, a third sound is created. If you will, it leaves room for the angelic host to step in and say, if you do that and the other person does this, I'll put in this third part here, oh which is the movement of the Holy Spirit when we come in together. And when there is unity... Unity precedes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at Israel coming out of Egypt and all of the different tribes come together, and they all come together along with a multitude, a mixed multitude of people who are not Jewish, and they all come together, and what does God do? He splits the Red Sea to let them out. Oh, my. I hadn't seen it that way. That is so good. Next picture of unity. Everybody talks about Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, okay, will humble themselves and pray. So, okay, let's let's back up. What is Second Chronicles seven fourteen pointing to? He says, then I will hear from heaven. Okay, because they have just dedicated the temple. And in Second Chronicles five, you go back two chapters and you go to Second Chronicles five eleven. All the priests are together. Where in the most holy place, and it says when they come out that they are undivided. They are without division. All of these different priests are unified. And what happens? The priests then praise God, the trumpets are praying God, and the Holy Spirit comes down and falls to a degree that people are literally not even able to stand up. It said the priests were not able to minister because of the presence of God, following 
undivided unity. Oh, my. Now, move forward to Pentecost, okay? Where are we? We're at Shavuot. We're celebrating the giving of the law. We're in the upper room, okay? Everybody is there together. How? In one accord. Yes, yes, yes. All right? And what happens? Outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Fire comes down out of heaven. So this need for unity, the need for the one new man, is an essential prerequisite for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the body keeps calling for. We want revival. We've been praying for revival. We have seen revival. Revival takes place when the body is unified. I love it. I love it. In the book of Revelation, I just got another one, Rabbi Bob. Oh, my, my, my. It talks about the voice of many waters. So you have a single voice with many waters that every different stream of God's kids coming together. And when we work in harmony with one another within our streams. It is a single voice. Wow, you've uh, stirred some revelation. I love it. Two more notches, not one more notch. The first notch (laughs) is the ministry that we have to the First Nations of America. The indigenous people is called the Many Waters Project. Okay? And I believe what the sound of the Many Waters is, is all of the different languages being spoken simultaneously. And so when God speaks, it sounds like many waters because all of the languages are spoken at the same time. Oh, my. So when Pentecost comes, everybody is worshiping God in their own okay, oh, language, yes. okay, or in a language that they don't know themselves, but somebody else recognizes. So it's an understood language, but they're all happening simultaneously. And I believe that's what the voice of many waters is. I love I it. I can't prove it, but it. it's consistent. I love it. Okay? I love it. I love it. We've got about a minute left in this segment. How do yeah. you want to set us up for the next segment, oh, co-host? Oh, co-host. Oh, co-host that you are. Uh, <laughs> boy, um, well, we've got cream cheese and bagels. Mm. Okay? So maybe uh, we we need to say a blessing over our food. And then we we'll, then we will continue in the next segment. So there say the go. blessing, would you? you? from here, yeah, and then we'll start in when we come back, yeah. Do you want to say a blessing over the the, uh, the bagels and cream cheese and, well, and the locks? You know, we are coming up to our Havdalah. We're ending, ending, ending our Shabbat here, so let's just say a Sabbath, you know, blessing here. Sure. And, and we'll just, we speak, you know, Baruch haba B'Shem Adonai Elohenu Melech Halom Borei Peri Gafen is how we say it to the wine, or or Hamotzi Lecha Minaretz is when we speak of the bread, Father God. Mm. So you are the body and you are the blood, Lord, and we bless your people with your body, mm. with the body that became flesh as a divine revelation of the proof of heaven and God's plan for us, Father. And so we rejoice in the life, the body, the blood, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord. Oh, my. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rabbi Bob Wolf. It's getting good, isn't it, my listening friend? It's starting, the eyes are starting, the scales are starting to fall off the eyes, and we're starting to see God's heart cry behind his directives. And then when you understand his character behind his directives, it makes a lot more sense. And this whole idea about being together as one new man makes total and perfect sense, which we will carry further when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. 
Welcome back, my friends. I have a remarkable co-host with me. I call him Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf. <laughs> How you doing, Pastor Bob? No complaints. No complaints. You know, it's, I've been looking forward to this segment for quite some time because you're a guy who, you know, oftentimes when God gives you stuff, my listening friend, you take note of them, and sometimes it's literally taking note, and sometimes those notes are called books or uh, newsletters or whatever it happens to be. This is not any different from uh, Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf, and he has written or been inspired by different writings and things like that uh, uh, and different themes. And among those themes are The Awakening of One New Man and a book that he's going to spend a little bit of time talking on, and I love this book title. It's called Catch and Release, talking about the One New Man strategy and the actual strategy behind the writing of that book had everything to do with introducing One New Man by the authors. So I'm going to hand it to you, and you may want to share a little bit about these uh, uh, themes and books that are near and dear to you, many of which uh, have some of the ink uh, provided by Rabbi Robert Bob Wolf. Well, Awakening the One New Man was the Lord had me start dealing with my Jewish roots. And, you know, people that are Jewish, when they see One New Man, I think they pay more attention to it than when they're Gentiles, because uh, most of the church gets their identity from different Gentile denominations. But as I was talking about before, this whole idea of separation in church began when the Jews and the Gentiles started going down different paths. Um, all the denominations basically flowed out of that schism. First Corinthians 1.10 says, let there be no divisions among you. Well, uh, the church is very divided um, by some counts, uh, tens of thousands of different denominations, um, because everyone has their own sort of version. But when the one new man comes along, and if you look at it, not only is the Lord calling us to tear down the enmity between Jew and Gentile, but in so doing, it then uh, unifies the church. It's also one of the reasons why when we get involved with doing ministry, when we do things like ending homelessness, getting people uh, cleaned up out of drugs, uh, restoring marriages, uh, taking care of uh, the problem with human trafficking, and you end these different forms of enslavement, it unifies the body. Uh, and I even work specifically with human trafficking because there is no friction within denominations about whether or not it's an appropriate thing to do, where you can deal with some of the other issues where there's a lot of friction. We should do it this way. We believe in gay marriage. We don't believe in gay marriage. We believe in abortion. We don't believe in abortion. And all the different schisms in the body. But when it comes to slavery, everyone's on the same page. My. So that's one of the ways that the Lord is unifying his body. This whole thing started way back in early 2000s, around three or four, when the Lord started giving me this download about the one new man. And from there came this vision for a book called Awakening the One New Man, because this idea of doing Jew and Gentile together is something that even though it's in Scripture, you just don't see it happening very often. Yes. And so we got six Jewish authors, we got six Gentile authors, we got men, we got women, we got different ethnicities, people in Israel and across America and so on, to all write a chapter. And so Awakening the One New Man, which was then updated, and we now call it Unity Awakening the One New Man, was penned with these 12 authors. And you were dealing with the leadership of Promise Keepers. Pastor Jack was in there. If you're in the As in Jack Hayford. 
Yes, that's right. Uh, if you're in the Messianic community, you would know Dr. Michael Brown, Daniel Juster, Mitch Glazer, uh, Jonathan Burnus. They all have contributed. And then uh, Jane Hansen Hoyt did this, who runs the Glow International. Uh, Craig Keener, who is a brilliant New Testament scholar. Ray Gannon. Um, so it, it was really sort of like the A-team was brought together to become an image of the one new man for the purpose of teaching the rest of us That's so good. who the one new man was. So That's, it was a self-fulfilling thing. Yes, yes, but it's ingenious, and you, you, know, you, you, know, you can't take credit for it. It's a God thing, and all of a sudden you realize this is you know, a voice with many authors. You love it, just kind of like the uh, Old or the First Testament and the Second Testament or the New Testament. It's one voice, the voice of God, through many authors. And it's it's amazing. It's unity, and unity is what <laughs> precedes the outpouring of God. So the book comes out. I actually expected there would be more of a groundswell because of it, and I went, okay, well, it's out there, and a lot of people like it. We got a lot of compliments and so on, and it was it was it was a good book. Destiny Image printed 10,000 copies of it for free and gave it to us and said, give this to Promise Keepers, and during the summer of 2011, whenever they're doing an event, just seed the event with this book. We're giving it to you. The first event they did was with the Navajo Nation, and that's, that led to a whole association that we had where we did a One New Man conference with the Navajos. We had a declaration in support of Israel. The president of the Navajo Nation signed it. We carried that declaration to Jerusalem and gave it to the Knesset. What day were we there? We were invited to the Knesset to give it to them on 12-12-12. There's a picture of, yeah, I mean, like, judgment, uh, God, you know, authority. Apostles, the tribes, so many many different things. And we didn't have an appointment. They invited us, okay, would you come over? Okay, so it's like we're going, all right, so... I'm in the Knesset with the president of the Navajo Nation, so on. And this starts this picture of what's going on with the indigenous peoples of the world, which is what Israel is. Yes. And the fact that Israel had this connection with the Navajos here. Okay, so in the meantime, I'm getting more insight in terms of what is it needs to happen with bringing about this one new man. And I decide to deal with the issue of the divisions within the church and the Lord has a picture of this river that I'm flying over with ponds on both sides of the river. And when you get out of the airplane and you're walking along the banks, you see there are people drawing the, the fish and coaxing the fish to come into their pond. And so they're paying all the attention to the fish coming into the pond, but they're not sending the water and the fish out of the pond at the other end. It's just a trickle, if anything, and each pond has a placard at the end of it, and on each placard is the name of a different denomination. Oh, my. So there's a pond for the Assemblies of God, okay? There's a pond for the Church of Christ. There's a pond for the Presbyterian Church, the Catholic Church, whatever. And all of these churches are trying to grow bigger and bigger ponds, and there's not a good flow of water, and the fish are not going back into the river, and each of the different ponds is acting like they have a unique species of fish. Uh-huh. My, my, my. It's kind of like the Red Sea. I mean, I'm sorry, the Dead Sea in yeah. Israel. And God's going to renovate that in due time as well. You got it. So anyway, <laughs> the Lord starts working with me on that and basically takes me up to Acts 6, where the widows are not being fed. And I'm going, what is that all about, Lord? And I, and I read something that stopped me for two years 
when the apostles, when informed of the widows not being fed, said, choose from among yourselves. Mm-hmm. And I went, what just happened? The apostles did not choose the spiritual authority that was there in the church. Instead, they went right to what we would call lay people. And by the way, I don't believe there really are such a thing as lay people. But it went to the people in the pews and said, you can choose them. And the people said it's good. And they choose seven men full of faith and wisdom. And the first two on that list are Stephen and Philip. Yes. Yes, And I went, that was the tipping point of the New Testament, because that's when the power that was in the hierarchy is then disseminated to the rest of the people, because anybody who believes in the Lord is filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled with the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and people are to be empowered not only with the authority, but with the knowledge that God is releasing them to do this. And so that's why we call it catch and release, because after we catch these fish, they are to be released. They're to be put back into the river to take care of the widows or the homeless or whoever else it is, because that's what Jesus did. Yes, He didn't have to take them through seminary. Right after they came to faith, he said, go on out there. (laughs) Get out there. Tell them about me. Oh, Bob, but what a remarkable message for our listeners, because... Uh, our, my listeners, our listeners here on Come Together San Diego, they would fall into that category, uh, uh, you know, of of, of Philip or, or uh, the different the, the different guys that were uh, not the leaders of leaders. These were the guys who were the sidekicks, or they were the parishioners, if you will, in today's vernacular. And God's right. saying, y- you're not meant to be a pew warmer. You're meant to take the stuff that God gives you and. Uh, impact the world with it. And it's not going to be the apostles or the leader of leaders. It's going to be the person who stands in the grocery line talking to somebody else or somebody who's out on a walk, uh, sitting down in a park bench talking with somebody else. This is really where the depth of uh, the multiplication of the, the fish happen. So we've got about uh, 30 or 40 seconds until we get into so, the commercial okay. break. How Good do you want to close this? Permission to go out and do the thing we've always wanted to do. Okay? He's basically saying, whatever it is that you want to do, I designed you to do that. And and we've got a new book coming out. We'll talk about that in another segment. But that it is the idea that this is what I created for you to do, and I want you to do it. Go find a buddy. Go out there. And that's why I sent them out two by two, laid hands on them. And so many people come to faith in Jerusalem that it says even the priests became obedient to the faith. My, 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 my listening friend, I hope you're inspired by this because it's no longer a time for you sitting in a pew somewhere being inactive. It's time for you to be activated, to realize that God is calling you specifically. You don't have to mirror the presentation style of a pastor or of some leader of leaders. No, you need to have your own style that God has forged in you and through you so that you can impact the world based on God's character through you specifically. We're going to talk more about these things and see how it relates to this remarkable one new man that God no longer has on the drawing board. It's in production right now when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. 
Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, thank you, my friends. I have as my co-host for this entire two hours, Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf, and he's a remarkable guy. He is familiar with behavioral sciences and studies the patterns of humanity, and he is a uh, man fully embracing Jew and Judaism and fully embracing uh, Christianity and Christ from a Gentile perspective as well. And he's a remarkable blend, and he has remarkable insights. And, Bob, one of the things that I realize, we've spent this entire uh, portion of the show preparing for these last two segments because now people are realizing that they get to play a vital role in this one new man, and we've given them a revelation that they're not uh, to be on the sidelines, but they are to be pivotal, vital parts of this. Now, I'm going to have you think for just a moment because I have to do just a little bit of business here and uh, read uh, a a promo for a venue that's coming soon. So be thinking about this as uh, we delve into this section and this these last two segments. My listening friend, I hope you're being stirred by these things. Now, just a word about a cruise called the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise. This is a travel uh, to Alaska with the Deeper Faith Cruise with Alistair Begg, August 28th through September 4th, 2021. It's an experience about Alaska that you will have never experienced before. There's luxury in the cruise ship and the traveling to explore spectacular ports, but there's also many other believers that are going to be with you, dining, worshiping with Laura Story and Michael O'Brien, and the opportunities for you to not only deepen your own relationship with the Lord, but deepen relationships with other people as well. A lifetime travel experience hosted by Salem Media Group and our partners, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. How do you find out more? Well, it's simple. Just go to kprz.com and find the button and click away. Okay, uh, Rabbi, we're talking about how other people can become aware that they play a vital role rather than handing the baton off to a pastor or leader. I mean, this changes the whole dynamics of the faith, doesn't it? Well, it's what always, what Jesus did from the beginning was he he sent people out immediately. You know, he didn't send them to seminary school. <laughs> so, you know, somebody who has, has been given sight, you know, from the blind. As a matter of fact, one of the ironies of this is if you look at Luke 9 and so on, when, when he's saying, who do people say I am? And they say, well, you know, you were uh, maybe uh, John the Baptist mm-hmm. or maybe one of the old prophets has come back or Jeremiah or, you know. So they're, they're taking these different guesses uh, as to who he is. And then, who do you say I am? Nice. And Peter says, you are the Christ of God. Um, and then Jesus says, don't tell anybody. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, don't tell. And why is that? And I believe that the reason that, that he's saying that is because he wants people to figure out who he is by divine revelation. Mm. By seeing the signs and wonders and going, wait a second. This guy does not operate like anybody else I've seen. And that's what the, what, what the people would say when they'd send him out. You know, you keep your eye on him. 
you know, bring back and report and so on. And instead of coming back and saying, yeah, we got him or we caught him in this, and saying, this guy doesn't operate like anybody else we've ever seen. This guy's in a whole other dimension. He's, he's healing people. He's doing stuff. People that are lame are walking and so on. This guy is the real McCoy. Okay. So, Rabbi, what does that mean to us? Well, here's, first of all, I'll even zero in when you say to, to us, I live up here in L.A., but I believe that San Diego, when you say to us, I look at what Earl did back when he decided to do his, his One New Man conference. Yes. That's right, Earl Clampett. And he was going out and talking to different leaders, but not getting much response. And as he tells it, the Lord said, just put it on the air. Go out there and advertise. The people who want to come will hear it. I'll bring them to you, Earl. And the reason for that is because Earl not only is obedient and he understands who the one new man is, but because San Diego is in that strategic position as it is down there in the corner of the United States, and it's through that avenue, that Camino, that way that the gospel came into the western part of the United States. Thank you. And, and God establishes things through patterns. We talk about the book of Judges over and over and over again, the same pattern, the same pattern. God is using San Diego to pour out his spirit into as an awakening of the one new man and what is going on, and that is spreading as it goes up the coast of California. And what better state for the transition from what has been a very counter counterintuitive move of how people are going to bring California and make California the leader of the union with all kinds of crazy ideas <laughs> about how to educate people that, guess what, the schools know more about how to educate your children than you do. Oh, yeah. As I heard this guy talk about, you know, even the animals recognize that when their, their offspring are at risk, they put their lives out there and say, you're not touching my kids. You're say not that touching again. my cubs. Say that even again. An, animals say that it's an instinctive <laughs> thing that parents protect their kids. And we, we have now got to the place where people are saying, nope, the state has a better idea about what to do. The schools have a better idea about what to do. Yeah, the, gov- the, the federal government, yes, that please. Is not, that is not what parents do with their children. It is instinctive. If your child is at risk, you stand up. Mm. All right? Listen, my friends. man is a unity of people coming together to stand for righteousness. And when people take a stand, they'll see there are other people around who will take the stand with them. A lot of this is just the fear of what happens if I take a stand. You know, guess what? You might lose your job. You just might. Being righteous. You know, to start this country, we had our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor were set up there. Samuel Adams, two years before the Declaration of Independence, he gets out there and he says, okay, let's get together. we got a problem with England, and he brings together all these different people that are the church leaders and business leaders, and the first thing he says is, let's pray. And they were panic-stricken because none of them prayed with each other. My, yeah. And Samuel Adams bridges that by saying something remarkable. I will pray with any man who loves God and loves his country. Oh my! And when that happened, they all said, let's do this together. And that broke the spirit of division. And they came together, and two years later, the Declaration of Independence was signed, and the Constitution, and we became a nation. Hallelujah. Because we broke that spirit of division. Yes. 
And how did we do it? We started the nation with prayer. That's right. My listening friend, are you listening what Rabbi uh, Pastor Bob Wolf says? And he's talking about some of the early uh, patriots and leaders foundational leaders in America. But there's another thought, Bob, as I was, I, I was actually teaching something similar to this last night, and the, uh, Benjamin Franklin said a very interesting comment, and it's a quotable quote. He says, my friends, we shall either hang together or we shall more assuredly hang separately. So in, in a very real way, we need to hang together, you know, as Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Here we are in these vital times. Each one of us need, needs to pick up God's mantle through us, and we're going to see amazing things because we become part of this one new man. We've got about a minute left in this segment. How would you like to close it? One can set a thousand to flee, two can set ten thousand. <laughs> yes, yes, okay, yes. It's like we are unified. We have been told because of denominational differences and so on that the body of Christ is separate. The body of Christ has never been separate. Preach it. Never been separate. <laughs> we are all unified through our faith, and that our faith is what it is that, that tells us that we have been attributed righteousness that not doesn't come from us, but comes from God. And so if we are walking in faith, then other people who are faith will see, well, Kaz stood up, Bob stood up, Harry stood up, Joe stood up, Sally or Susie stood up. I'm going to stand with them, because if you don't stand with them, then we're in the same position that World War II Germany was in, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer was there, because, you know, the Nazis were represented by the Catholic Church. Yes, come on. Okay, and so what happens is, is that as we weaken and as we allow things to come in that are not of God, then what happens is that the world invades the church instead of the church invading the, the world. world. Oh, so well said. Okay? And the gates of hell cannot stand against the church. Yes. And yes, if the yes. church allows the gates to, get, to be bringing the world in instead of us going out, then what we literally are doing is we're diminishing the power and the authority that God has given us, and of course we'll suffer. Yes, yes, well, yes. We're going to suffer when we go out there and we hit some of the opposition, what, do you want to be suffering while you lose? Do you want to be suffering while you win? <laughs> A rabbi pastor, Bob Wolf. <laughs> that is so true. We're going to bring this whole two hours to a summary in the last segment. You don't want to miss this because it's going to help you understand not only God's plan for this one new man, but your specific role when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. A prophetic phenomenon is sweeping over the world. Prophecies are being fulfilled in rapid succession. The Jewish people are returning to their borders. Ancient highways are being restored and the true location of ancient biblical Jerusalem has been revealed. Shalom from Jerusalem. My name is Anarina Hyman and I invite you to join us in learning about how modern day events are corresponding with the Hebrew calendar, the deep secrets embedded in the Hebrew language of the Bible and to discover the spiritual significance of Jerusalem. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her vindication shines like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. It's time to set your heart towards Jerusalem. It's time to align with Zion. Join us at www.alignwithzion.com. 
1990, a group of women who all volunteered at the same municipal animal shelter realized, upon seeing thousands of stray animals come and go, that adoption alone could not solve the pet overpopulation crisis. Please join Miramar Kitchen and Bath in their support of SNAP, Spay Neuter Action Project. SNAP is a 501c3 volunteer-driven charitable organization that works to eliminate pet overpopulation in San Diego County. To make the greatest impact, SNAP's primary focus is providing easy access to low or no-cost dog and cat spay and neutering in low-income neighborhoods. The euthanization statistics from dogs and cats entering shelters are startling and depressing. Please call 866-SPAY-BUS or visit snap-sandiego.org. By now, you've all heard Mike Lindell talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed people's lives. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. And they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen-size premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code San Diego. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-310-2458 and use promo code San Diego. Life-changing Bible study with Alistair Begg. Amazing music from Christian recording artist Laura Story. And now, worship led by legendary Fernando Ortega. It's the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 28th to September 4th. There's still time to reserve your place to cruise with us in God's majestic creation. You'll be awed by the walls of translucent blue ice in Glacier Bay. Enjoy kayaking, fishing, and explore cozy rustic frontier towns like Juneau, Sitka, and more that offer mementos to remind you of your great vacation. A full week cruising Alaska, August 28th to September 4th with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and now Fernando Ortega. It's all brought to you by Salem Media Group and our travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. For details, log on to DeeperFaithCruise.com. And register today by calling 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 k with Cass Taylor. How are you doing, my friends? Uh, it's good to be back with you. This is the last segment of Come Together San Diego, and we are thrilled to be able to share this with you. We've been setting up the entire two-hour broadcast were the summary statements of the last segment and this segment. And uh, before we go any further on this, I want you to uh, meet again my co-host and growing friend, Pastor and Rabbi Bob Wolf. And Bob, uh, before we jump into this summary statement that's going to blow people away, would you give us just a moment or two to give us some website information so people can find out more about you and uh, maybe find out some of the ministries that you support and people? Sure. It's called AwakeningOne.org, and it's the number one, AwakeningOne.org. And on there you'll find out uh, a little bit about the uh, the different media things that we've done, uh, the project that we've been doing with the, the Navajo Nation. I just got back from there a couple of days ago, um, and uh, their association 
with some new projects and with reconciliation between Jews and Gentiles. And, yes. Um, and then we've also done some work with human trafficking, as people could probably allude to, and that's called the Sign the Oath uh, Project. Um, and so you go to, for that one, you go to signtheoath.org. What do you do when you get there? You sign the oath, which is basically <laughs> a simple statement that says, as a member of the faith community, I stand against human trafficking. Very good. Signtheoath.org. Oath is an acronym. One against trafficking. Humanity. Oh O-A-T-H. My, my, my. My listening friend. You know, when I was preparing for this last segment during the commercial break, Bob, I was going to, I said, I'm going to say maestro, meaning you, uh, how do you want to conclude this uh, last segment? And then God says, he's a, a sub maestro. I am actually the master conductor pulling this whole thing together, which really is a good way to conclude this is Jesus being the master conductor pulling the entire symphony together, or another analogy would be the one new man. I'm going to hand it to you, and however you want to conclude this, we have about six or seven minutes until the end of the show. It goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and it's lovely. And and as you remember when we were talking about harmony, harmony happens when there's a third sound Mm. that takes place as a result of two proper sounds put together in harmony, they say it, because harmony is a representation of something happening in the spirit that I make one sound, Kaz, you make another sound, but then in the spirit, a third sound is formed out of the two. My. Now, that's a miracle, you know, in the same way that when you blend colors or light. You know, we just take those things for granted. But what we're actually seeing is a manifestation of harmony. My. It happens as a result of unity. Yes. And so we, we uh, are, are, are basically focusing on so much on diversity that we are ruining the, the beauty of what unity is. Diversity happens because we're all made in the image and likeness of God with different gifts, with different callings. And so we all have a separate calling. And that's where the diversity comes from. But we're all headed in the same direction. Yes. And we all have the same destination. And that is eternity with God. There is nothing better. There's no better retirement plan that you're going to find. Yes. And then the question is, with that in mind, how do we respond to this? Now, yes. in, the, in the last few, um, uh, actually the last two years, Earl Clampett, and myself, and two other people, Don Nenevoltson and Mark Huey, decided that it was time for us to come up with what we called a field manual for believers. Because we're going into a battle. And what do you do when somebody goes into the service you give them a field manual, and that teaches them the basics of what they need to know. Yes. And so the title of this is called Kingdom Calling. And Kingdom Calling is a field manual for believers. It will be released literally in the next few days. Um, and uh, we don't even have the website set up on it. You'll be able to find it at Awakening One. Certainly I'll put it on my website. And probably uh, Simple, uh, Simple Truth Ministries with yeah. Earl Clampett likely as well. That's right, and, and I, I expect we'll put it out without any kind of copyright restrictions. In other words, we're not saying, oh, you can't do this, that, whatever it is. Obviously, we don't want people to reprint the entire book, but the fundamentals that are taught there are things that are all scriptural. They're very clear. They're simply laid out, and we start with the, the Lord's Prayer, which starts with two words, Our Father, and the first mm-hmm. word, Our, tells us that Yeshua, the Lord, is telling us that we are one with him in terms of our relationship with God the Father. That's a, right there. You look at what, when he's teaching us how to pray, he's saying, 
you're my brother who I'm praying with. You're my sister who I'm praying Ooh. with. There's that, that unity. That's right. We are part of the same family. And that's where we start kingdom calling. And from there, we talk about being made in the image and likeness of God. From there, we go into if you are a believer, that means you are a leader because you've been filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And that you are, you and I are all being called back into proper relationship oh with God. Yes. And that that's when, when God calls Israel out of Egypt, it's first and foremost to him. Promised land was a geographical setting. But as Earl talks about all the time, that our relationship with God is what determines the kingdom of God. Ooh, it's not good. a place... It's not a transportation, it's a transformation. And so Earl wrote the section on being called into uh, return to the call of unity with God. Then we go into the one new man so that we are reminded that we're all in the same team. We're all supposed to do it together. We then discuss the gifts. How is it that God expects you to do this? Well, he's given you these great gifts. And we wrap up uh, the book by saying, John 17, that we are all united in our relationship with the Lord, and the appendix then gives us a survey where people can actually consider what their gifting is, yes. what's their passion, and what gifts did God give you in order to go do it, and then we say, go do it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we've got about two minutes left in this entire show, and I think you've stirred our listeners to realize that it's no longer a pew-sitting opportunity, it is an activation opportunity and the callings that God has for us. We only know bits and pieces of the fullness of the calling. You know, eye has not seen, neither ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the God things that God has in store for those who love him. If you love the Lord, your your way is about ready to get more exciting than ever if you allow him to show you what to do, where to go, and when to do it. So one more quick website connection. According to his, his purpose. purpose. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. So, so would you one more one more website for you? Yeah, one more website so for you, and then we're going to pray over these listeners as we go. <laughs> All right. Do uh, you want to start that? No, I want you to give me one more website. Your, your... Uh, the the awakening yes. one dot org. Awakening, is... awakening one dot org, and is yeah. it the number one? Yeah, the number one. Okay. So we've got about a minute and 20 seconds. (laughs) You want to engage the prayer, and then I will do the amen to close the show. I will do a yiva (laughs) rekaka. Go. This is is number 62426. Yiva rekaka noi the ishmareka. You say at a night, Panevelecha, the Assemblaka Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and grant you his shalom. Yes. Amen. Amen. My listening friend, opportunity for you not only to embrace the one new man of the First Testament and the New Testament together, but also the person to your left and to your right who may be in totally different denominations but have the same heart cry for God. God's doing a work in this earth right now that is going to require a concerted joint effort one with another because the world needs to be impacted by his 
God's character and how can they know the fullness of his character unless the fullness of his characters, that's you and me, uh, join together. And all of a sudden, people can get an image of who God is by the words we say and the lives we live. We're declaring that and praying that over you. And I want to thank again Pastor Rabbi Bob Wolf for joining us and pulling all this together. Remarkable. And guess what? The one new man Look in the mirror. You're a vital part of this. See you next week. Come together, San Diego. Rabbi Pastor Bob Wolf, thank you. And my friends, God bless. God bless you. Thanks for joining Cass Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And then let's all come together, San Diego, next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise.